Welcome back to another episode of Into the Combine. I'm your host, Stan the Man. Jason. And I'm Shadi. It's been a while. Yeah, but we're very, very, very excited to be back. Just uh, adult shit going on, right? Pretty much? Yeah. yeah. We, we had some construction over at the Woolock residence. Yep. The, the new death dungeon slash music room is up and going. Yeah. Yep. We're in a new studio today, yeah? If you guys want to hear some funny... Uh, funny stories about it head over to waxing midwestern podcast i told told about some stuff i've been finding in my rafters and you know, oh, some yeah. good, good stories <laughs> over the time but i'm in Dude, a new I, studio i didn't know that motherfucker was still casting the last yeah, he told me i'm not gonna do it anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out shoddy you got a new house coming up yes sir yes sir Bought your first we- home yes yes i hope to build my own uh death dungeon slash uh <laughs> drum room like you did so yeah this yeah, guy's man, been I, buying I'm, fucking vinyls every other day to decorate the wall so we're gonna have to put a picture uh, up or something dude yeah at some point i should uh once it's up on the wall i should release a, a picture yeah but, yeah it's been uh a, an obsession lately that i've been getting away with with the wife from somehow <laughs> but hey, i don't know how yet it. Let it go. I, dude i am running with it i don't give a shit <laughs> so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but i guess we should uh probably uh break it fucking down <laughs> Holy pig squeal. <laughs> Dude, I fucking loved it. What, what the hell was that? Uh, so the band is called Wormed, and the song is Pseudo Horizon. And the album is called, I don't know if you said, Christen. It's K-R-I-G-H-S-N, something like that. We'll put it in the notes. But um, yeah, basically a slam, you're sl- sl- kind of slam breakdown there. Not your typical slam band, though. It's, they're very technical and... Uh, complex like time signature changes and shit not not so much like the the dumbed down slam you know you'll hear sometimes it's really it's real good shit you guys probably both like it i think the whole album yeah i was really enjoying it i really 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 fucking was enjoying that nice little groove i was trying to oh, you know yeah. i was trying to drum along on my thighs and i couldn't keep up yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's some good shit all right yeah what have you guys been listening to i know shot even Hold on, we gotta tell everyone what this episode's about. They might want. Oh, we gotta break it down. We gotta break it down. We didn't even break the fucking episode down yet. Damn it. Well, obviously we're gonna talk about what we're listening to as always, and then uh, we got first uh, first new re- new review we did in a while. We got BT Bam's uh, Autonama. Something like that. Yeah. Autonama. That's good, Stan. Yeah, that one came out. We're gonna talk about that one. Yeah. And we got uh, what was this? A uh, Tommy Tommy Rogers was uh, was he doing interview questions, answering questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have some input from him on the new album also. Yeah, he answered some of our questions. So a little different than our normal interviews, but we should have some good stuff from him. Yeah. And then uh, we got a classic review, throwback review of Bolt Throwers, The Fourth Crusade. <gasps> yeah. And then, uh, oh, actually, and we also have a Rivers of Nile, Nihil, Nihil. Nile, yeah, yeah. Interview. <laughs> interview. 
So we got a busy episode Jam today. Jam fucking packed, buddy. Yeah. So what have you guys been listening to? Shout well, actually, to... hold on. Oh. No, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, what do you want to, what do you want to say, Stan? Okay, I know I know there's one C D we're all gonna talk about. But I, I gotta okay. be honest with you guys, I didn't really haven't been listening to a lot lately. I guess okay. I'll, I'll just okay. the one thing I did listen Why to, is of that? course Explain. I listened to. I'm kind of stuck in the 2017 still. I've just been listening to a lot of death metal from that. It's just too <laughs> it's too good, and it's going to go on too long. It's nothing we haven't talked about. It's just, I don't know. Just same fucking stand. Dude, just that's, yeah, that's good. Is, is it the same shit, though, or is it more you know shit that's different you know i haven't really from 17 nothing i missed it's just kind of like i really like enjoyed some albums so i've been listening to them and uh it's just it's good to when you're building stuff just to put on some pure death metal you know a lot lot of gate creeper and february you're good dude i might have something for you too today anyways oh i'm i'm excited (laughs) i guess it's fucking march now but so basically by the end of the year stan will have some new shit finally that he can then go of course i will i'll bring it for the end of the year list yeah but i guess we do have to say (laughs) the gate creeper put out three songs um i've been listening to those oh from their iron reagan split yeah 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 that's good shit i'm I'm pumped if they're doing an album this year i'm so pumped those are some good tracks i didn't listen to it yet so i'm glad to hear that it's a good shit i mean i wasn't expecting it to be bad but no you haven't listened to it yet (laughs) i'm sorry dude there's been a lot of shit so i mean it's three songs it doesn't take that much time (laughs) yeah i mean there's a particular cd that it's been very hard for me to put down as of you know recent so well you might as well just keep going yeah you you might as well fucking talk about it you can't wait uh Necrophobic released Mark of the Necrogram, the 23rd, whatever, who gives a shit, off Century Media Records. Uh, They are a band from Stockholm, Sweden. fucking the band is cursed so they've had some issues with members and with releases and i don't know if anybody's died but i guess it's just been like a rough history (laughs) especially with like cd releases and whatnot so i know the last album that they had came out i think in like 12 or 13 but anyway they gave us this fucking gem if it was the end of the year it would be in my number one right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm dead fucking serious. Hey, it's so fucking good, it's, dude. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not blaming you for that at all. No, dude. It's so. Would you guys agree? It's like some black oh, and melodic death metal. It's all. It's fucked. It's I all mean, over it, the board. Like, yeah. Yeah. I this, guess. I guess you're is, right. Yeah. This is one of those albums that's just. I don't. It's just metal. I don't know. Yeah. You can't really. Yeah. yeah it's metal. It's that's pretty it. much. It's pretty much just. It's perfect. Like when you like. It's a CD that. Gives you everything. I don't know, dude. It's just fucked up. Like, I'm at a loss for words. It's just well, I like crazy. what Stan said, dude. Like, 
because I might, if I'm playing the genre game, I might put it mostly towards like a melodic black, I guess, black metal or something like that. But it's like Stan said, dude. Yeah. The thing that it's so fucking good about is it's just metal. Like, it's got I those, agree. It's, it's it's got way more balls than just like a melodic death type of a band, you know, with those like thrashy grooves and shit. Like just just more just so much more metal you know like than you would expect from either a melodic death or like a melodic black metal because you know like i kind of went towards like oh kind of dissection where it's like you don't really know what it is but um but different because they got they just that's throw what i some... actually we'll see oh I, go ahead Stan. I, I yeah, got, yeah. like no that's actually exactly what i thought i the first thing i thought was like dissection not like so blacky mm-hmm. But the, I mean, okay, the first riff on this CD, it's just it's black metal, uh, like dude, you know, yeah, got that black yeah. beats and that chord. But then it just goes into this running on this like it's like this deathy part. Like I mean, the vocals are yeah. obviously black, you know, metalish. But the guitar work there is is the transition. Really like fucking... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all it's it's, it's right, you're right. Like it 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 doesn't really matter what it is, but just for no, the yeah. listener to know, I mean it. Because you don't want to just say it's black metal and some people are just automatically not going to listen to it. Or even if you're just, if you don't even, if you don't yep, like melodic yeah. death metal, it still doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to it. Because it kind of, dude, it takes a, a, a lot from everything. And, and it's actually a pretty fucking fun listen too. Like, like oh, dude. anthemic parts and shit, catchy parts. Some of those songs are so fucking catchy. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, be like, I'll be singing it all day long. Like I, it's like a Katy Perry song or something, <laughs> you know, like you gotta, you know what I mean though? Like it's just that catchy. Yeah. I agree. A couple of songs that I... And this isn't even one of the ones I was I was bringing in, but I did end up listening to it quite a bit just because Shoddy brought it to our attention. And like the first one, the title track, Mark of the Necrogram, like Stan said, the riffs in that, those black metal riffs and everything, that's what kind of drew me right in first off. So so fucking good. But then it holds on to you, you know? Like every couple of songs, there's like a, a really memorable song and then everything in between is just super solid too, you know? Like uh, I don't know how you say it, but Sar Bamba or something like that. That's yep. a catchy one, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, one that's real catchy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Requiem for a Dying yeah, Son. Uh, 
fucking good. But the song that's right after Zarbamba, Lamb Shadow or whatever, mm-hmm. I thought that song was amazing. Requiem for a Dying Sun, fucking Crown of Horns. I mean, the whole damn CD mm-hmm. is awesome. And then it just leaves you wanting more at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Really good pick, dude. The whole CD from fucking start to finish, it is a goddamn gem. Yeah. If it hits hit all our bases, then I'm sure most of our listeners will dig it too, you know? Yeah, I hope so. I really do. It's like five stars from probably each of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, dude. Yeah. I was almost going to text you guys and be like, hey, you guys want to just leave one of these other albums off and just we'll review this instead? <laughs> you know? It was that good. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Jason, what do you what do you have for us? Let me get into one. I was going to... I got one that's a little bit similar, but actually, let me go with one that uh, maybe I'll be right up Stan's alley since what he's been listening to. Okay. So this uh, first band here then is called Genocide Pact. Have you guys heard of them? Nope. Okay. They're uh, newer. No. They're a newer band. Uh, they just signed to Relapse actually, and it's kind of appropriate because they. I could really. I don't know if they have yet, but I could definitely see them going on tour with Gatecreeper. It's a. They play a very similar style. It's just, it's less on the Swedish part and more on the maybe American death metal, I guess. But um, but yeah, they just put out an album called Order of Torment. And all I can say is just like riffs. <laughs> like, it's just riffs. Just in the same way that it's what you love about Gatecreeper, just fucking good riffs. So let's just go ahead and listen to uh, the song I have up there for you guys called Spawn of Suffering. Fuck yeah, I like that title. It didn't hit me like it didn't hit me great gate creeper way, but yeah, I did enjoy it. It's got like a like a I won't almost say like a New Yorkish death metal feel. Okay, okay. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to. I definitely want to hear the whole CD. It's like hard to hear off just that one clip. I know. Parts I, know. I like, parts I didn't. So I want to hear the whole thing as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, definitely wrote it down though. Yeah. It, I I feel like you would like it, you know, but um, who knows? I mean, it's definitely they're not do they're not doing anything crazy, you know what I mean? The whole album yeah. is just straight from the old school, but um, 
Hey, yeah. I'm okay with that though. I've yeah. been still listening to the, the 2017 bands that just keep it simple. Like, you <laughs> exactly. know, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I've been like making it a point to like, okay, I've listened to a shit ton of death metal last year. I was like, I'm going to try and find some other stuff that I'm getting, you know, that's not like that so much. And I still, I just like, I don't know. I couldn't help it. I, I like this one too much. So I had to put it in there. It's the best. <laughs> you know what? Actually, guys, I forgot. I want to talk about something. This new what is it? Parkway Drive single that they released. <laughs> oh, fuck. You want to go there? So I, you know, and I I thought like, I think Jason, you're on the same page. We should have did like a reaction kind of video, listen mm-hmm. to it on live, but we all listened to it the other day. Oh, man. going down a road i'm not liking <laughs> i completely agree brother and i mean it's fucking parkway and i mean we went through this what two three years ago yeah with ire but my god this is that was bad i mean you guys weren't huge in ire but you came around right a little bit it so had like its moments maybe 50 percent of the cd oh, okay. okay but i still wouldn't listen to a good half of it because it was it just was it wasn't what i liked it was garbage mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So, it, I guess by my definition of Parkway, it was garbage. So okay, but the okay, I think we brought this up when we talked about them. Uh, we had an episode about their discography. They have this pattern that they're going like you know they put out Killing with a si- Smile and then Horizons, mm-hmm. same kind of music. Then they did Deep Blue and Atlas, pretty similar, but like you know almost the same kind of music. So it makes sense that they did this because it's got that ire feel, right? But. I just can't. But it's Fuck, different, man. you know. It's definitely because I, because I, I've said before, I was never a huge Parkway fan, even though I always liked pretty much everything they've done. So I actually came. I actually enjoyed Iyer quite a bit and everything. But I don't. You this, would though. Like that's the that's yeah. the fucked up thing is you would enjoy <laughs> Iyer more. Well, okay, yeah, because I mean, I'm okay with those like super anthemic songs. It's kind kind of eighties ish here and there. You know, they take those cues like arena ready type type shit. I don't know. I had fun with it, but this one doesn't have the like fun factor. It doesn't. It's boring as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's just boring. Like the other one, like the songs I from Iyer feel like they have a lot of energy behind them. They just feel huge and fun, and I don't know. It's almost felt just fresh. Whereas this just sounds like boring. Put it on the radio and let everybody listen to it, and there's nothing to really have to think about. It's just I don't know. Yeah, I nothing for me on it. Yeah. It's just too bad. I agree, man. It is too bad. They I don't got like so it. much talent between all of them, and but it's almost like okay. I I I will say I give them you know 
if they want to try new things, that's fine. Yeah. But it just seems like they're almost getting into like, maybe you guys should just start a little side project and get all this shit out of your system. You know, it's almost like they're evolving too much. That's what mm-hmm. I said. Me. It's not the same band anymore. That's no. what I told you guys via text. It doesn't even sound like it belongs on Iyer though. That's the even. No, thing it that's doesn't. More that's up. what I'm, that's my point. Like it really doesn't. It's like yeah, going, that, yeah. it's like it's going further down the, that road, but not in the right way. I, I do think they could do it right. Like, I don't think they have to go back to their metalcore ways. I think they could keep going, but they have to do something different. I mean, you don't want to yeah. just go radio rock. You know what I mean? No. And uh-huh. I feel like that's so, where they're headed, which is unfortunate. But I mean, hey, it's so only I, one song. Especially with it being like the, the first release, you thought that they'd go with something a little bit more powerful than Winston's fucking minute and 45 second ballad and then <laughs> fucking going into some bullshit riffs so yeah and it, and for the listeners that haven't listened to this don't watch the video do not just watch fucking, it it's just winston fucking <laughs> watching his mouth open up and down like it's fucking stupid who told him that was a good idea man it's so bad no i did no idea i can't watch it <laughs> yeah i just put the phone over because well, like music videos are ready you know they're not really singing it they're lip syncing so then you're watching literally the lips try and go in with it it just it's not good you know yeah no anyways well we'll see you know who knows maybe that maybe they're still gonna listen to the album yeah i will still give it a Uh, chance but yep yes i will all right but on a fucking much better and lighter note exactly um we've played them on this uh podcast multiple times we have a new release from sludge our fucking favorite two-piece motherfuckers (laughs) yeah dude um that was like 2015 i don't know how yeah, it was it, dude. Was it really that long ago? Yeah, because it was back when we were recording together, and I think it. I feel like you had it like number one That's or two on your end of the year list. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the dim and slim, ridden slimmer kingdom. ridden kingdom or some shit. Yeah, slimmer ridden kingdom. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so yeah, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this as well, so I'm gonna butcher it like I always do. Um, exto or estoteric mel. Agony, Melcogony, I have no idea. Exoteric Melhogony. <laughs> Let's just call it that for now. That's not even right. But, but um, it should be known yeah, too, like dude. sludge. It's S L U G D G E. Yep, that's correct. It's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Look at the show. So, notes. I mean, if you were a fan of the album before, then you're only going to fucking love this album more like I did. Uh, I've only listened to it twice so far. And if I'd have to say, I guess in a couple words or a sentence, how it's different from the last album, I'd say that this one, I guess, is a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. So the last one always had that like darkened feel to it or that like blackened, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. true to the name, that like sludgish feel. This one is, I don't want to say happier, dude, because that's like fucking definitely the wrong word to use, but it definitely feels lighter in I the know atmosphere. What you mean. But I don't know, though, if that's just because the production seems like it's much better. So everything in the album seems clearer. So I don't know if maybe that's what it was. If there was some sort of compression or whatever that was squashing, you know, the album before and putting it behind well, also, the wall. They they threw in a lot. I only listened to a couple of tracks, but it sounds like they're adding in some more cleans and that sort of thing, too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, too, the vocal range is, you know, a little bit because, I mean, they... He, you know, they had you know some more of those like ballad type vocals in the last album. Oh, okay. But they're definitely doing it a lot more here. So we should listen to this uh, track real quick that I put on here, the Spectral Burrows.
Damn, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, I think it's like track three, I want to say, man. It's holy, uh, so I guess, holy Gojira. Yeah, that's I, what I was going to say. Guess, <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, Levant Sauvage. Mm-hmm. The, the, I guess, yeah, maybe that's probably why I liked it. But the, the, the whole, so let me put it this way the whole CD obviously isn't like that. No, it's not. But what the whole CD does encompass, though, is that fucking vocal power that the singer now has i don't want to say that he was i dude i think it's probably a production thing yeah i liked it though dude yeah, and, man, and i it's definitely different than the uh, ones i heard otherwise so it's yeah if, if it was like the whole thing like that i'd be like oh well this is just gojira but the fact that it's just like the one track where they're kind of going that way it's kind of cool yep exactly man i mean it's not a bad thing i like how it sounds like gojira you know what i mean yeah but I mean, although too, I just gave you like I think the song is like six minutes long. Mm. That's the one other thing too, dude. The song has some fucking depth to it. That's like the shorter song on there, which is six minutes. There are some seven, eight minute long songs on there. So they're giving you, they're giving you shit, and it's going all over the place. So that song has that main theme, but true to sludge form, they take you on a little fucking journey of this goddamn insect that they love. Or excuse <laughs> me, it's not an insect. They would. A mollusk? Fucking be pissed off at me for saying that. I was just going to say, yeah, it's a mollusk. But yeah, mollusca. Concept records, uh, right? Yeah. It, yeah. They, yep, they are. They are. So About slugs? About slugs. Yeah. Yep. About phylum mollusca. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, dude, I love them. I'm, I love them, and I love this album. I'm stoked so, to listen to the rest of it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this band is called... Actually, Shawty, I, you heard, you've listened to them, I believe. So they're, it's, they're called Hyperion. Do you remember me showing you these guys? Yes. You might be forgetting, but I know you were talking about liking it. The album's called Seraphical Euphony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Seraphical Euphony. It's whatever. We'll have in the notes. But honestly, it's, um, I don't want to say it's down the same road as Necrophobic because it's not, it's not quite as metal as that is. It's a little more melodic. But again, it's, it's, it's funny that we both, that we have both of these on here because it's another mix of like a dissection kind of mixed with Gothenburg melodic death metal style stuff. It's it's kind of you know a mix of those two. It's like you can't really classify it in either fully, but fans from either might like it, I guess. It's a little more like maybe like classy or sounding than like uh that uh, that necrophobic one. You know again. Classier? What the well, fuck it, are you talking but that's about? What I mean. That's what's <laughs> badass about the necrophobic one. It's not really. It's just more like balls out. Where this one's <laughs> a little are you more. You talking about classy? Well, it's, bro. Okay. <laughs> it's got like. Um, I'm just. I'm just fucking with you, man. I just thought it was funny. It's cool because it's got. Like, <laughs> it's got like string, like string sections here and there, and like. Um, uh, I get it. I you get know it. What it's I'm not saying? just like raw. It's no. It's not raw. Fucking. Uh, it's a pretty clean it. production. It. It's got some keys and stuff like that. So. They're from Stockholm, Sweden, and it's just a really fucking good album, man. Like, like I said, a lot of dissection stuff in there and things like that, but everything about it is just really good. So the track I have, I'm not going to say it again because it's the title track, but why don't we go ahead, <laughs> why don't we go ahead and check it out. Uh, break out your tea, Stan.
Text me the fucking name of this right now. <laughs> Shoddy, you fucking listen to this. Dude, uh, when? I'll share it with you. I know you did, dude. Are you guys done? I actually, I didn't really, I yeah, wasn't I'm thinking done. it that much. Really? Fuck you, Stan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it didn't latch on. No, I thought for sure you would like this. I mean, maybe you, maybe it's just the way you presented it with like kind of comparing it to the other one. Maybe. And I was just like looking for that in your face, like, you know. Well, I think I made it very clear, Stanley, that it's not as in your face. (laughs) Did I not? Yes, I know, but like, (laughs) you you know, you you compare something and you expect something. I also compared it to what? Dissection in Gothenburg. Yes. They've got a lot of that going on. I have the I have the file in front of me. I can go back and play what you said. I'm just saying. Maybe I'll well, admit, I will uh, I will give it a chance. I, I think you should. I think I think you would. I really do think you would like it if you listen to the whole thing. Okay. I, I can't see you not. Like it just seems like definitely something you guys would both like. And Shoddy, I'm looking at the fucking text right now after I sent this to you, and you were we were saying how it was, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, dude, fuck off. All right. <laughs> I there's so much shit all the time. I got like, I could have brought four more albums to this fucking cast. All right, we get bombarded with shit all the time. Okay, you said it's this hard. CD is just what I needed. It's so good. Unless you were fucking bullshitting me. No, I'm. I'm, I'm where, where where was that? Where did I say that to you? That was like uh, February second. I'm. I don't know, dude. I'm looking back. Oh, he's got the transcripts in front of him. <laughs> Acting like sexy. he never heard this shit before. <laughs> whatever, whatever, bro. But you see what I'm saying about a little, little more, uh, you know, very clean. It was a yeah. very clean sounding. Yes. yes, yes. Different, different end of the spectrum. But, uh, but you see what I'm saying? It's still got the black end. It's got the melodic stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Another metal. Yeah, dude. Band. Yeah. Yeah. Just not all the thrash parts that the other one had. Yeah. But yeah, that about does it for me. I think we should move on now. Yes, sir, we should. All right, up next we have Between the Buried and Me, Autonama. Yeah, EP part one, part one of two. Yes, sir. Or EP or slash like double uh, double a, album, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's a short album. Let's just. Which is what I fucking hated. Mm-hmm. I was pretty pissed off about that. 
and you know, to be honest with you guys, when you guys brought this up, like let's do this one, I was like not pumped at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to listen to this fucking band. <laughs> like, you know, we did this before. It's fine yeah. if you like Wait. that kind of shit. It's fine, but I just didn't want to do it, and I'm glad we did. Oh. Wait, did you uh, did you listen to the fucking like the track that they posted before I we did got not, the promo? No. Okay, I kind of so was like did, oh, over okay. this band. Kind of thing. See, so when I heard that, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, like, same let's with go. me. So, so Stan, you actually you were you liked it more than you I thought you were this, gonna. I love this album. Damn. Yeah, I just oh, I I was like dreading going into. It. I was like, I just don't want to <laughs> listen to it. And then yeah, I like loved it. See, for me, I mean, I gotta every BTBM album. I gotta listen to. It. I gotta see what they do next. Yeah, I might never like it as much as Colors, but I always gotta see what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just more the last one was just not my alley. I respect it, but it just wasn't my yeah, thing. Yeah, I get it. For sure. For sure. But I, I'm with Shoddy. As soon as they released that, uh, what's it called, Shoddy? Um, uh, Condemned to the Gallows. Yeah. Because that, that's, tra- that's track one, and um, it's it's got a lot of heavy shit in it, man. I mean, some parts of it are kind of almost Alaska-like. You know what I mean? Dude, I was actually going to bring up, like, they have a little bit of all their CDs in this. Yeah. 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 It's like sure. certain parts you're like, oh my god, the Selkies right there. Or like, oh my god, that's White Walls. You know, like, you mm-hmm. know, they have this way of doing that with their music. They write but these I, riffs, I, they're I, just like, oh my god, that's, no, like, they, you know, it's a repeat, but it's not. Right. I still feel like they took everything though that they had and fucking took it up to the next level again though i just feel like musically this album is fucking the way that they transition in and out of their fucking crazy passages to their more melodic shit it's just i don't know they're i don't know man it just to me it feels like it's even more polished than it was before Mm -hmm. and it feels like shit's just more i guess i don't know i feel like the vocal range tommy's just doing some crazy ass shit now that I mean, yeah, he's always done crazy ass shit, but I feel like he's doing more cleans yeah. and he's letting his vocals shine through more. The melodies before, are before fucking you say awesome. About, I was just gonna say, dude, Tommy, like that mm-hmm. was the one of the bigger things where about um, "Condemned to the Gallows." Like, dude, Tommy on that track, the way he goes yeah. from the cleans into the growls into those super he's, like heavy parts. I like he even does mm-hmm. one of those like spits like mm-hmm. at, at some point in the song. I mean. It just sounds like he doesn't give a fuck. It's so it sounds so easy to him at this point. Like, and I'm with Stan. Where on like Coma Ecliptic, he did a little too much cleans. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm cool with all that stuff. But like, I missed the heavy yeah, shit. And I on agree. this, they upped it a little bit. And I love him doing like that. Like, I feel like that's that's one of his. That's like one of my favorite things on the CD is him on that song. Like, it's just it's the best I've ever heard him. Well, yeah, I was just going to say the melodies even stand out a little bit more but just because it's like I know before 
people loved them because they were long technical songs and they were all over the place and they gave you these like stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're starting to condense it a little bit more. So they're throwing more shit at us in a shorter period of time now. So all I mean, the these songs stuff. were a little bit on the longer side, but I mean, in you know, between the Buried and Me standards, I mean, they're all relatively short. So I mean, here's the funny thing though. They're not that short. I mean, like Yellow Eyes is like almost nine minutes long. Condemned, I think, is seven. Bolt is like nine something. There's a few interludes songs that are a little shorter, but I feel like you are pissed that it's short, but you might, I feel like you might like that it's short though too, because like it's easy, it's more easy to take it in. It's a nice quick listen. I like it. Right. Yeah, I, but I guess, dude, it just, it's so good that it left me wanting more. I and agree. Then knowing that they teased us with a second part, I guess that's <laughs> why I just felt like, why isn't that just released? Yeah. I know what you mean, so, but it's just easier to take it in, and then, like, by the time you've fully digested it, then you get the second part, and you can just like focus on those, and then you'll have it. You'll have it all together. I you mean, know what dude, I mean? But like, it's it's six songs. It's only thirty five minutes, and there's one fucking instrumental on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not like even if there are a couple long songs, it's still not. I mean, they released a three song, uh, what's it called, album that was almost forty minutes. Right. So I like. <laughs> I'm just like in the terms of between the bit, like this is still like I understand it's a little bit long, but like I know what you mean. It would still be the shortest. It would still be the shortest on colors. I know what you mean, and and I know the second EP of it or second part of it. I believe it's a track or two shorter, but I don't know the length. Uh, Who knows? It could be all twelve minutes. I don't know. Because, dude, so like in my notes, I have highlights. I have obviously condemned to the gallows, mm-hmm. but I left that off there because people had heard it. And then I put house organ, yellow eyes, millions, blah. <laughs> and then I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. The only thing I fucking left off was the instrumental, which right. I think is gold distance. I was yeah. like, how fucking stupid. It's the whole goddamn CD. <laughs> so, and I don't, I probably didn't even realize the instrumental, like in the scheme of things. No. Because the CD yeah. flows pretty nicely. I don't know why they so, made that a separate track. Yeah. I mean, it's just them. It's. Yeah. Yeah, because it flows right into it's the blot, way it's the last song. Well, I was gonna say it's their way to like passage into blot. So right, I want to mm-hmm. ask you guys: Are you surprised that this album sounds this way? No, I felt like I guess it let was me, like yeah. I thought they would. I thought mo- they were gonna like continue more of like the coma ecliptic well, kind of side of the, things. Coma had like that's the thing is if you take away all of the the clean Tommy passages, coma had a lot of this, you know in-your-face technicality it was just so short all the time and then it was bogged down by all these things that they were doing yeah but at the same so on the I, same I, token though like coma was coma i remember it being like it was a rock opera that was the whole yeah. thing about it yep, like yeah yeah and i like i did like that about it i thought it was cool but i, I didn't it. i still love it yeah yeah no i totally do it's just i don't know it's not i don't go back to it so that must mean something like i don't ever really put it on again whereas oh you you don't i don't but i mean then i guess i also i should have went back and listened to it before this i just didn't get a chance to but stan was saying though like i guess i am surprised because i really wasn't expecting it to have i expected to go more down that route a little more like exactly okay that's over the top yeah um, operatic like that kind of shit like they were teasing on on coma but when i heard this i was like what they're like throwing in these like Things that remind, like Stanza, yeah. reminds me of Alaska, reminds me of colors, and I did ask, um, like we haven't got the responses back yet, so I don't know what Tommy's gonna say, but I did ask, like, 
if playing colors fall through had any impact on this, but I do think they had it written at the time, but I don't know. Maybe they were rehearsing it. Maybe they were in the headspace. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it had any impact, but I was, I was curious about that. Yeah. That's a good point. I just, I, I no, guess yeah, I was going to ask, it's like, it's one of those things like I wanted them to go to this direction, but in like the back of my head, like, no, they're not going to do that. They, yeah. just, they're over that kind of, you know, they're not going to go back to their old well, ways, so I, you know? Uh, uh, so it was kind of, it was very refreshing that they actually did, you know? So I was looking forward to something and it happened on like right. Parkway Drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, fuckers. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, though? See, I guess, yeah, but that's the thing, though, is I came off a coma loving it, and I still do listen to it from time to time. So I guess I was just waiting for something else to come out. I really liked how they sequenced it. Like, Condemned is just an amazing track. And then I, I, I like the track Millions just because it's different. Like, it's uh, it's dude, really melodic. Yeah. It's not heavy at all. Millions. To me. Yeah, it's, it's a good break. <laughs> it's right in the middle. <laughs> Uh, keep dude, going the, dude, dude the keep vocals going. are so good it's so good dude it's seriously and then it just like because it has like that airy flowing theme yeah so it's just like i feel like driving at high speeds or like the wind in your hair yeah it's just it's different though it for them because there's really hell yeah it really is it really, there's really no heavy parts in it and it's all very like major key and like mm-hmm. relaxed but it's cool like they don't have to throw in all their crazy shit they kind of just let it chill and then on the next track, and then you know it, it builds from there. Dude, but it, dude, does does it feel like they almost gave you just like a break? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's perfect. They kind of were like, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we just like we we mind fucked you for a couple. <laughs> Let's just take a break real right. quick. Like just it's just what you the need. Fuck out. And then they ended on fucking Blot. Blot is such a good song. Like that Middle Eastern oh, yeah. shit in the beginning, those grooves. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah. oh shit, this is good. Then it makes me want to play it again. So yeah, dude. Yeah. It's honestly like a pretty perfect fucking uh, part one. It really is. We'll have to see what got, comes on part two to, I guess, look at it as a whole package. But for yeah. now. They got all three yeah. of us waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anybody who's been a fan throughout Alaska till now, might as well give it a chance. Yep. All right, let's give you guys the interview with Tommy from Between the Barrier to Me, the vocalist and keyboardist, and then we'll be right back with some Bolt Thrower. Uh, did playing colors in its entirety have any impact on the writing of the new album? No, it didn't. We actually, a lot of people don't know this, but we actually finished recording before we even did that tour. 
So it was weird. We we had once we were done tracking, I think we had like two or three weeks between that and starting the colors tour. So we didn't even, you know, with our music, you kind of have to do one thing at a time because it, your your brain gets pretty exhausted. And when we were doing the album, we weren't even thinking about the colors tour, which was kind of weird because online and you know, in interviews we did. You know, that's where everybody was, you know, looking for and talking about. But in our minds, it was just all the new record. We weren't even focusing at all on the tour. And so, yeah, the second we were done tracking, we had to kind of shut that off, throw that in the, in the back of our minds and, and start relearning colors. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it had any um, impact on the writing at all, no. Why did you decide to do a two-part album instead of one long album? Um, that was something we kind of decided after the fact. It's a, you know, there's quite a few reasons. Um, the way music is presented today, you know, I think things come and go, <clears throat> and a lot of things are overlooked. And you know, we thought this would just be kind of a creative way to have excitement twice this year, give our fans two different moments to get music from us and and have something to look forward to, not get everything you want all at once. I feel like we're in a day and age where everything is instant and you know, you get whatever you want at that moment. And I feel like it's kind of cool that it's like, ah, this is cool, but I want a little bit more. And you're going to get that just at a different time. And, and the record really worked out well to be presented as that. I feel like both parts kind of have a different vibe, but they all hold very well on their own. And I think that is important. We wanted to make sure it didn't sound forced at all. But we did write and record it as one piece. How does one of the album one of the album compare to part two? I guess I kind of just answer that. Um, I mean, it's hard to kind of. I mean, there's definitely different moods. I mean, I think it kind of takes lyrically and musically. It kind of takes a, a shift in part two. I hate categorizing music, but it, it gets a little more adventurous, maybe experimental in part two. But um, they were written at the same time and recorded at the same time, so. As far as recording, like sonically, it's it's all, you know, it's very cohesive. But yeah, it, it definitely takes a shift. But just like all our albums, you, you kind of never know what's around the corner. <clears throat> what techniques do you use to keep growing as a vocalist, especially regarding the cleans? How do you feel you've progressed? I mean, I think anything I do, I learn something new. You know, I, I've always been a believer in, you know, trying new things and, and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and writing music that you've never written before, you know, I, you know, that's a lot of the reason why I do solo material is to kind of discover more about about my voice and you know, and I, I think just looking at music differently helps with that. You know, when you look at a part, sometimes if your first instinct isn't feeling all quite there, maybe what what could I what could I do differently that I would never think of and, and kind of go from there? And I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's hard. I don't really think about what I do to grow as a vocalist. You know, I think just, you know, as we get older and, you know, we've written a lot of music and I've worked on a lot of stuff. And I think just the more I'm being creative with my voice, the more I learn about it. I feel like I've progressed a lot. I mean, I'm definitely not like a natural born singer. You know, I, I grew up playing guitar. I originally 
wanted to be the guitarist for this band and we couldn't find a singer, you know? So it's weird to think about that, but, you know, I just, I screamed in a band in high school, so I knew I could do that. And, you know, once we kind of started shifting into these moments where it called for a different type of vocal, I just kind of slowly learned and it's been, you know, it's a, it's a process. I wasn't one of those dudes that, it was just in me and it was all just perfect from day one, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I like that I've kind of grown and learned as I've done it because I think because of that, I have a unique voice and it, and it, it is a true representation of me. I've never been the kind of guy that I'm trying to really sound like anyone else. I'm just trying to at the end of the day, my job is to make the song sound cool with my voice. So that's kind of how I approach it. Like, how can I make this sound cool, you know? How much do the lyrics of storyline play a role in how instrumental aspects sound? Do you guys ever write a certain part to convey an idea in the story of lyrics, or are the lyrics done after? For the mo Yeah, I would say most of the time, lyrics are done after. We, we get most of the music done. Um, I, I mean, I'm always kind of thinking about lyrics, and I, and I try to start getting things pieced together while we're writing but you know it's kind of hard for me to get a a grasp on the record till we're pretty heavy into the music um and then from there my job is to kind of make it all work and and build lyrics around that and, and make it all very cohesive with this album the last you, you guys really seem to go down a lot of different paths from the, than the previous did you seek out new influences or dig deeper in the old influences um, man, see, the, I think the biggest min misconception about songwriting is influences. I don't, I think, I mean, there might be people out, out there like this, but we're not the time, type of band that's like, what we write doesn't represent what we're listening to, if that makes any sense. Um, what we write just kind of naturally comes out. I mean, when I sit down to write, I pick up a guitar and just start messing around and, and within five minutes, I know if something's happening or not. Or, you know, I'll mess around with keyboard sounds and I'll kind of build from there. So it really is just all about in the moment. And, you know, we all write a lot individually. And I think our tastes just change, you know, with what we write personally. And, and I think because of that, you know, we have a, a very diverse group of dudes in the band that write very differently. And, you know, once we start you know, we're all constantly kind of evolving and changing how we write and the stuff we write. And I don't think it's necessarily because of our quote-unquote influences. I think it's just what we are in that time period. You know, we're, we're in these little time capsules and um, we're trying to be as genuine about that as possible. And that's what we've, al we've always been a very honest band, you know, with our music. And so, yeah, I... I can't say it's because of any sort of influence. I think it's just because that's the way our, our brains have kind of shifted. What was the biggest challenge of recording this album? I mean, for me, it was it was lyrics. Uh, I guess while recording, there weren't any. I mean, not to I'm not saying that to be cocky or anything, but all our all the work and all the stress and getting everything exactly how we want and it's all in pre-production we we've done that for years where we we get everything exactly how we want before we get in the studio so that way when you're in the studio it's all you know carefree you're just trying to get great takes good tones get the vibe right and all that so um i mean recording was a, a breeze it was perfect we had a great time it was real smooth you know we haven't had a hiccup in recording since alaska probably so, yeah, um, 
So I guess the, there is no big challenge. But with writing, there were some challenges. I mean, there always is. You know, not that... I mean, they're not challenges because of anything in particular. It's just, it's a lot of work, you know, and you got you got five guys trying to get an album in a place that they're all happy with. And, you know, I'm sitting here stressing out about lyrics and second-guessing myself and doubting myself. And, you know, there was, there was some writer blo- writer's block moments for me as far as lyrics this, this go-around. But, yeah, everything, those, all those moments are, are for good reason. Was there a specific goal in mind when you guys began this album or any main difference in approach this album compared to the previous? No, not really. I mean, it was kind of what I was talking about earlier. I think honesty is a big thing with us. And, you know, we've never been the kind of band that sits down and is like, all right, what's, what's the next step for us? Where, where do we go from here? We just kind of start writing individually. And then once we kind of start getting an idea of where everybody's kind of heading, then we're kind of like, okay... It's it's starting to kind of look like it's going more in this direction or that direction. Uh, but there's no really plan to do that. It's all very natural. Uh, thank you for the interview, and hope you enjoy the record. to the uh, pretty much exact opposite. Go back. <laughs> As between the barrier to me. <laughs> the least progressive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the least progressive band ever, yeah. The simplest, but most like <laughs> bolt thrower we're talking about. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. The Fourth Crusade. So, oh, I, I'm I guess pretty the- interested here because this is probably my favorite bolt thrower album. I know a lot of people like it. Oh, but I, I actually want to I want to bring this up before you say that because I know okay. kind of where you're going. But like, well, uh, yeah, we yeah. The, how this came about is okay. So Shoddy randomly in our text one day, you know, he's starting up a vinyl collection, and he's asking what CDs or what you know albums should I get on vinyl? Yeah, like what I, we just start like what you know what classics? What would you like to see on the wall? Yeah, like some like, good yeah. essentials, some, like, big time albums. Albums, yeah. That and you, you know, have this to is have. one of those. This is one of those ones Jason threw out. And, you know, we were going back and, like, you were pretty much, like, everything we said, we're like, this is all stuff we need to do throwback reviews on. So, you know, and it, I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because this was the album, like, the bolt thrower album that Jason picked out of all of them. Like, I would pick Warmaster for sure. Okay, see, that's, yeah, okay. That's what my question was going to be so, was, like, I was wondering how you're going to feel about this because I didn't know what one you liked best. 
I like Lore Master the best. But I'm glad we did this one because it is different and it's like, it's just, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Fucking Bolt Throw. If you guys never heard of them, (laughs) like. (laughs) So, Shoddy, you probably never listened to Bolt Throw before this, right? No, sir. No, So, can we start? I want to start with what you thought of it because I always love it because, like we say, Shoddy brings in all the fucking good new stuff. And sometimes me and Stan will bring in some of the older shit. I, I, you know what I mean? And I love hearing, like, whenever we bring in something old, like, what do you think of it? Like, fresh ears. Uh, fresh ears. I thought it was old, stale, and shitty. Oh. Really? <laughs> I'm just fucking okay. kidding. Uh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, my my notes heart dropped have... for a little bit. <laughs> no, dude, yeah, no I'd, I'd be fucking wringing my neck in if I thought that. I wouldn't be a metal fan. You got to be kidding yeah. me. Uh, so yeah, being fresh virgin ears to this album, the, the second I put it on, fucking probably like 14 seconds in, I thought, this is raw, this is crushing, this is heavy. I did think it was a little simple, but then I looked at the year that it was written, and then I thought it was advanced as fuck. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, That's a good point right ni- there. <laughs> yeah, like 93 or something. 92. I was like, whole... Yeah, 92, I was like, you got it, because I thought it was a little bit later, and then, no, I looked at the year, and I was like, god damn it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, man, I honestly couldn't believe it was from the early 90s. I loved how fuck how much melody and groove there was, but yet how like brutal and short and I guess just raw it was. And I really didn't mind all the slowish like fucking chugging along that the album has to it. Normally that's not really my forte, but I don't know. There was just something about all the guitar work and how the melodies worked that I just loved it. And the vocals Dude. were balling, so... I'm so happy you said that because I've honestly been waiting all week. I've really, I've been, I was like, not nervous, but I was like super anticipating like what you were going to say about it because, because you usually like speed so much. And I was like, this Mm -hmm. might be too slow for shoddy. So I feel like it's just a testament to how fucking good they are as a band and and this album is that like, that they can be this slow and this simple and stripped down. But yet like someone like shoddy who like is a speed fanatic more so can be into it do you, do you know what i'm saying no yeah no for sure dude because like for instance the third album that i brought to the table was fucking be- straight up to technical melodic death mm-hmm. metal i mean fast as fuck it would have been a literally <laughs> like the complete opposite of this album yeah. so and that's for the most part I mean, it was, like, weird because, like, I'll listen to this album like, a couple times and then I'll listen to, like, three or four, like, you know, Mellow Tech Death albums and then I'll listen to, like, you know, Mark of the Necrogram like seven, eight, nine times in a row and then I'll <laughs> go back and listen to, you know, Bolt Thrower like four times and then it's just, like, I mean, I didn't care that I was listening. I mean, I honestly could shuffle this album in with, like, Melodic Death Metal, you know, ah, me- la- 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 <laughs> Mellow Tech Death and I wouldn't even give a shit. It would be, like easy transitions for me just because of how good it was yeah so stan because stan was talking about war master so yeah, so tell me about war master a little bit like i guess is it it's true to form do they speed it up a little bit like what a little is bit it? faster mm-hmm. a little bit okay this one's pretty in your face though i mean but that's bolt thrower i mean bolt thrower is just like that's what when someone asks you what bolt thrower is it's just in your face death metal i mm-hmm. mean you know the riffs, but it's so. I don't know, but I haven't actually, honestly, listened to War Master in a while. I got into Bolt Thrower Kick last year, you okay. know, and I was going through all their stuff, and like War Master really stuck out, and you know, listened to it a couple times. But then, you know, this one, I think I listened maybe once or twice last year, and that was it. 
So it yeah. was interesting to go back and, and this one actually I really like it right now. So I now I I'm like after this cast I know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go listen to both of them tomorrow and like compare. You it's, know, it's, probably should have did it for tonight, but you know, <laughs> it was well, funny though because you said that because if you would have said no, we got to do War Master, I would been like, oh for sure, that's fine because. I kind of yeah. go back and forth a lot of the time. I, my favorite Bolt Thrower albums, granted, I haven't listened to all of them like a bunch, but the ones I listen to the most are War Master, this one, and then uh, and then actually their last album, Those Once Loyal. Um, and for even like a newbie, like a beginner, I'd almost say like this one or even for Those Once Loyal because that's their last album. They 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 started recording another album after that, and then they scrapped it because they were like, it's just not it's not as good. So from their mm-hmm. mouths, they never wrote another album as good as Those Once Loyal, and they think that's their best. That's their best album. And oh, really? It's really fucking good. And I would I would reference anybody who wants to hear more about that to uh, Phil's Breakfast Metal podcast. They went in deep on that one, so I was like, we need to do Fourth Crusade instead, and just kind of keep it different. But anyways, so those are my three favorite too. And like War Master, it, I, it is really fucking good. It's kind of like. Do you want a little more, more speed, or do you just want crushing heavy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And obviously, they started out more shoddy. They started out more grindy. You know, they were from the England, the Carcass, and Napalm Yeah, Death I could definitely hear it. Era. Yeah. But this one is just, it's so different, because there's, like, no grind at all. This is just yeah. <laughs> pure in-your-face death. Like, almost doomy at parts. Yeah. You know... It's know. funny because Shoddy said like it, it, he picked up on everything like basically that they were going for. Like he said, it sounded really simple, and that's the thing, Shoddy. If you go back and listen to Realm of Chaos or War Master, they keep a little bit of speed in there. They do a little bit of complexity, but not much. But but that was the goal. Like when they got to this album, it was dude. They just dropped everything, and it was like focus on every fucking big melody, every groove, just strip it down and just like ride those riffs out. You know what I mean for for maximum like effect. Dude, it's fucking. Like, I honestly was take because I th- seriously went into it the same way that you guys were thinking. Like I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And then yeah, literally, I'm not joking. <laughs> like 16 seconds in, I was like, "All right, I'm fucking sold. Let's go." I was like, "Let's get on the <laughs> let's get on the train and let's fucking truck forward." So and that's exactly what I did, dude. It's just to me because yeah, after this album, they kind of stuck with that sound for a while. So if you like this one, you're gonna like basically every uh, one okay. after this. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's the thing. They don't change. They just do what they do. Good. But the thing about it's cool. I mean, like, there's not really not another band that sound like them, especially from that era. I mean, sure, bands. I mean, you know, you'll hear Gatekeeper throw in a bunch of bolt thrower stuff. You'll hear bands do it now. But back in the '90s, there was no other fucking bolt thrower. You know? Yeah. No, it wasn't. And I mean, like I said, they were from the grindcore area too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was interesting that they went this direction. To me, if I'm if, the only negatives I have on it is like it's maybe a little long. You know, it's fifty three minutes. Maybe cut a song out. That's that, mm-hmm. and maybe the production could be. I don't know. Like something about the production, I don't love. It's that, clean. Don't get yeah. wrong. This is very clean for ninety two. Mm-hmm. It just it's almost a little quiet to me. Yeah. Maybe it needs to be a little bit more in your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's something about if you listen to the next album for a victory, I think this. I think uh, the production's better on it. I think mm-hmm. uh, Fourth Crusade is a better album, but for Victory, if you would have taken the two and combined them, like production and you know, like it would be perfect. But um, but that's it. I mean, that's like that's my only complaint, really. And Shoddy, I don't know if you're aware. Like, I don't know if you know how much you looked into or anything, but like everything is all war themed. 
you know, every I, single. I noticed that with <laughs> yeah. the album art when you guys brought up the, the, you know, go get that vinyl. I started looking in all the, I mean, the vinyls are awesome. All their album art is beautiful. It would be great to display. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and I mean, I got sort of the bolt thrower. I kind of, I f- was feeling the war vibe with just the name. But right. yeah, dude, it was, mm-hmm. I, I've enjoyed it. Favorite tracks from you guys? Um, as the world burns, fucking embers. I didn't mm-hmm. actually. I didn't know this until like researching for this cast. You guys know the whole thing about like the song embers. Yeah. No. Explain it. The kind of. Okay, so they have five songs that all start the same, like that riff from Embers. Mm-hmm. They're all from different CDs. I think actually the first one it ends on that riff, but this this that riff is in. I could sing it to you. Songs. It's such a yeah. It's such a. It's just it's the, the most simplest riff. riff <laughs> but you know, the, it's the one that fades in and out. It's like dan dan yeah. You know, yeah. It's in my head right now. I mean, obviously, it just maybe because that's I don't even know if I like that song that much, but it's just it starts with that riff. And, you oh, know, I love it. Yeah. Embers is a <laughs> highlight of this song. Yeah, I think the first fucking like just listen to the first. Oh, never mind. I was going to say the first six, but then I look at the track listing and I see like you go past that and you get ritual. It's grooves like crazy. Honestly, I think the highlight is probably Spearhead. I played that for a breakdown like um, a couple months ago. If you, that one everything builds to this like crazy groovy breakdown so i think i think spearhead to me is like the highlight highlight but you can't go wrong with like the f- second track icon like just every time that comes on i gotta listen to the whole thing but pretty much everything I, 
The reason I picked it was because I I think it's the it's got the most hits on it front to back. Like mm-hmm. they're all good. Every album is good, but I think this one maybe just has the most packed in there. I guess with exception to maybe those once loyal, the last one. I you know that one's got uh, quite a bit as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if someone out there hasn't listened to it yet, I mean basically yeah, I mean, you're, you need to like, get on it a tank dude a big fucking world war ii tank just like slowly not going fast just slowly crushing over everything fucking firing <laughs> cannons like <laughs> just power that's all you know destroying and, all your hopes and dreams <laughs> yeah fucking bolt thrower just keep it short and simple <laughs> and then we'll leave you guys with an interview with it's brody utley from rivers of nile they are uh they're putting an album out in I forget, it's like a week or two, I believe. It's in March, and it's really, really good. I know, Shadi, you were a fan of their last one, Monarchy, right? Yeah, dude, this has been on like the list of things to listen to because I've mm-hmm. seen that the fucking promo came through, and it's literally just been sitting there. I think it's at like number two right now, so I should get to it this week. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. That I can get to it this week because I've heard really good things. I'm curious really what you things. think about it. Well, well, I think you'll you... like it. Okay. Do you I like mean, it? It's... Oh, yeah, I really I really like it. It's, it's a lot wow, like okay. Monarchy. It's just a little more progressive. Okay. They throw in a few extra things. So, anyways, we talk about all that kind of shit, and uh, okay. I can't I can't wait to hear that then. Yeah, he was a really he was actually a really cool dude. I really like talking to him. I could have talked to him a lot longer. So, um, pretty it was, just, it was yeah it was a cool interview. So stay tuned for that. We'll play a little clip of something from the new album also. Uh, we want to thank fucking everybody for taking this journey again with us. We hope you all enjoyed yourselves. Stan, do you have anything to say to the people at home? <laughs> just. Stay metal out there. <laughs> we didn't even sign the fuck off yet. You just say it to them. Well, uh, never too soon. Well, never. I guess yeah. Never too soon. I guess. No, I am uh, staying the man. I'm Jason, and I'm Shoddy. You guys stay metal. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Brody? Oh, hey, man. Sorry about that. I don't know what the 
it was delayed or something. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, not bad. It's going good. It's Friday, so that's always a good thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you work at all when you're home? Or? Yeah, yeah. I work for my dad, and uh, I do some mixing and mastering stuff for bands, and then um, I also write for uh, the website Gear Gods. Okay. Um, but that's more of like a internship thing at this point. It's not like I'm making any money off of that one. So. <laughs> right, right, right. But but Fridays mean something to you still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, um, to start things off, uh, you know, we got a lot going on right now with the Olympics, a lot of big uh, contests, but I saw you guys had a little contest of your own uh, with uh, the Black Dahlia Murder, big uh, beer pong oh, match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, the details that on that, man? Who was good? Who was bad? Who was MVP? Well, we lost. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Which is, which is funny because um, our singer, he works at a bar and he's, every, I guess every Wednesday night they have beer pong there. So for oh. the whole time that we were, uh, you know, getting ready to go up there and play those guys and hang out, he was just bragging about how good he was at beer pong <laughs> and this and that and how he's practices every Wednesday. And, and uh, when Trevor showed up from Black Dahlia, he said that he had actually never played beer pong before, which to me was a surprise. Wow. And, um, yeah, and he said that he was, he actually had a, a practice table set up at his apartment, but like the day before that he got together with us. So him and Brandon came came out, and um, you know I haven't played since high school or whatever. Right. And like, you know, so I was just kind of hanging out. But uh, yeah, they uh, yeah they like definitely whipped our asses, but it was cool just you know hanging out with those dudes and you know doing something that i haven't done in a really <laughs> long time it, as it happens was with you know the black dahlia murder i probably never thought that would have happened but right um, right it was def- definitely a pretty kind of weird at first but after you know after we got into the groove of it it was definitely a pretty cool day i would say right on cool man cool well so anyways uh i know you know main thing here is you guys got this new album coming out um mm-hmm. where i always know my name march 16th so that's coming up pretty quick Mm-hmm. And um, I know you guys just put out another single the other day. So that's two that the public have heard so far. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like a lot of positive comments so far. Have you seen any good, bad comments? Anybody that's really just giving you guys shit yet? Um, I mean, the the funny comments are always the ones on like Guitar World, because we just put out a uh, Guitar World playthrough of the new single. And uh, reading those comments is always awesome because it's most of Guitar World's fan base is like, you know, older gentlemen, maybe um, that are more into, you know, not my band. (laughs) Um, So so reading through those comments is always funny, you know, like just uh, this is, you know this is not music, you know, (laughs) you can't uh, you can't throw a slide guitar part into a heavy metal song and expect anyone to like it um (laughs) just like most actually most of the negative comments that we've gotten have been on that guitar world thing but you know i've seen a couple like people just saying like oh man you guys are using a saxophone the faceless already did that and all this but like (laughs) you know saxophones been used by you know plenty of heavy metal bands before both of our bands and been used in in rock music for you know a century <laughs> right so, yeah <laughs> so so yeah but no not too too many negative comments no, none that like really stuck out to me at least uh, i'm i'm always looking for hilarious ones yeah though, for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i know yeah it it looks like everybody's loving it and i mean it's cool because you guys seems like you guys are the kind of band you know 
people expect some progression, which is, so it's like you guys come out with these new singles that sound, you know, a decent amount different. You throw in the saxes in there, but I feel like people are ready for it. You know, they're, they're kind of like looking for that from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, um, we kind of wrote this whole record and recorded it and we were sort of in our own little, little la la land, I guess, like just like creative land really. And we were like, well, this is cool. Let's do this and this and this. And then when it was done, we kind of looked at it and we were like, Oh shit. And we're like, this is like really different. Like (laughs) what are people going to say about it? I mean, we didn't really care because ultimately we're like doing it for ourselves really. But like, you know, we were kind of like wondering like, are people going to like, are people going to be okay with this? And so far, I mean, we've introduced, you know, saxophone and clean vocals and, and stuff in the first two singles. So, I mean, we haven't really seen any backlash from it, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, that yeah. people, people, I guess, trusted us enough with, you know, especially the clean vocal thing. Cause that's like a, a topic that gets, uh, some bands in trouble, I guess. Um, sure. and you know, I think it's cool though, that we did it and people didn't really like freak out about it. They're just like, Oh, cool. Clean vocals. Like this makes sense for you guys to do this finally, which, you know, it's a, it's a cool feeling to know that like, people that listen to your your band trust you a little bit i guess (laughs) yeah right i mean you know there's a ton of bands that do the traditional death metal sound and it'd almost be disappointing if you guys just kept it the same every album you know i mean you guys are kind of doing the more modern throwing new things in it which is you know that's why i i came back to check this album out you know yeah i mean you know there's i guess without sounding like rude i guess like we kind of figured that the world doesn't need another insanely brutal 100% of the time death metal band. Um, you know, like we, we're also aware of the fact that, you know, there are bands out there that are way better at being heavy all the time than we'll ever be, you know, or way better at being, you know, technical all the time than we'll ever be. So we kind of just tried to, you know, be real with ourselves and kind of realize what we're good at and what we're not good at and just really focus on our strengths, I guess, on this record. Yeah. You were talking about the sax. So, that's one thing I love, man. And I, I did listen to the whole album and it seemed like it was on at least three songs. And I'm always yeah. a fan. I mean, when it, when it's in metal albums, I mean, back to when they're throwing it on some 80s jams, whatever. I mean, oh, I yeah. like it. So uh, I used to play even a high school band a little bit. So how, how did it come about? Who's playing it? And, um, you know, who wrote it? That kind of stuff. Um, well, I, uh, like I said before, I record bands uh, locally around here. And um, one of the bands that I recorded they were a metal band. Their guitar player, you know, he kind of, he and I were tracking one day and he, you know, told me that he plays saxophone and it just so happens that he's actually going to school for that. He's like a performance major on, you know, saxophone. So I figured, oh, damn, like he must be pretty good, I guess. And he and I just kind of stayed friends. And then, you know, I, I had heard some of his playing. You know, I actually went to a couple of his uh, recital type things at a, the local university and uh, i was like floored by how good he is he's 20 he's either 20 or 21 now uh, his name is zach strauss and he's just like so so sick just like improvised everything that mm. you know you hear you hear on the record um like one take like just totally pro wow. about it but that's um, awesome yeah but like he he and i just stayed in touch and when i started writing the the new record you know i think the song that the first song that we put sax on was uh, the the first single, "The Silent Life." I had that big section in the middle there where it's kind of like open um, and like more subdued sounding, like before the first like 
big guitar solo comes in. It was just this kind of like empty space where I was like, hmm, like I could either make the guitar solo twice as long, which would probably be boring, or I could like mess with some other stuff. I don't know. But then I was just like, oh, well, why don't we try saxophone? Like, why not? So he came over to my house and, and he uh, tracked pretty much what's on the record. And he was... You know, he's just like, "Oh, is this good?" And I was like, "What are you fucking kidding me? This is this is this is awesome!" <laughs> yeah. And then I sent it sent it to the other guys, and they all loved it. So like, we kind of just worked him in on the record. Uh, we didn't want to like, we didn't want it to be like, "Okay, we're a sax band now," right? Um, you know, but like, because I know some bands kind of when they start venturing into that territory, they get pigeonholed, and we wanted to be careful that like it was still very clear that like we're a five piece, and like we also know a guy who plays the saxophone. You know, we're not like the sax band now um so we uh yeah we worked him in on the rest of the record um he plays on three tracks like he has solo solos on three tracks and then on uh, another track he kind of does some more textural type stuff but yeah it was like totally easy and natural working with him i mean he's a fan he like loves death metal i mean when he tracked those shirt uh when he tracked those solos he was wearing an origin shirt right so, on, i mean yeah. he, he loves death metal and he's also a phenomenal sax player so he like understands like what we were going for and i think he i think he really crushed it i think he did a really good job on the record And then, you know, you talked about the clean singing, too. And um, so is that Adam doing the clean singing or did you guys bring anybody in for that? No, that's that. Most of the clean singing uh, on that song was Biggs. Our drummer, Jared, he he actually does. Uh, there's like a higher harmony on the clean part in uh, in the song we just released, A Home. There's like a higher harmony. That's Jared. You can hardly hear it, though. But um, on the rest of the record, it's mostly Biggs singing. Uh, Jared, our drummer, does a couple of parts. And then Jake, our screaming vocalist, he has like one part that he does on the self-titled song. But it's mostly it's mostly Biggs on, on the record as far as the clean scene goes. We also have the self-titled song. We also have Andy Thomas the singer from Black Crown Initiate doing clean vocals on on that track just because 
I mean, he lives five minutes up the road from us and our, right. they, okay. and, and Biggs has actually been dating his sister for like the last six years. Oh, so no like, way. yeah. So it's like, we're all kind of like just this big circle of friends. So it just kind of made sense to have him on the record, but yeah, so it's like mostly Biggs doing the clean singing, but we have some other people do things here and there. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like it, you know, and it, it, I liked how it was a, it was almost, it was a different voice in a lot of them. So you didn't really know mm-hmm. what to expect. You know, I'd yeah. hear a clean, clean part in one song, and then it would be totally different in another one, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you know, uh, like Mastodon. I mean, they have like three vocalists, and like I always thought it was pretty cool how you can, you know, when you hear Mastodon, it's undoubtedly Mastodon, but you know, it's cool that they assign different parts to different singers. That you know, each singer has his own kind of thing going on, and it can lend a hand to a part differently than one of the other dudes could could do right 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 so i know you guys do on the, at least on the on the on these your two full lengths you've got the season theme mm-hmm. and i know this one i read in the bio you guys are focusing on the autumn theme mm-hmm. so how much do you guys take that theme then and try and focus it on the writing or the lyrics like does it play a pretty big part in how that all shapes up like um well the lyrics sometimes we'll have like seasonal references like i think there's a part on the silent life where there's like kind of a callback to our last record where the lyric is i feel summer slipping through these aging fingers um Mm -hmm. and our last record was you know a summer themed record and here we are in autumn so really though the the seasonal theme is kind of just this lens to look at the record through it kind of just sets the tone for the album that the the listener can kind of put himself him or herself into that headspace and kind of just you know um listen to the record with those kind of ears yeah yeah because i the reason i ask is because it it seemed i don't i don't want to say it's more of a somber record but it's maybe a little more i don't know mellow or introspective or something like that and that's why i didn't know that was more of like that autumn kind of feel it's, I mean, the, I mean, I'll say it. I mean, the, the record thematically is definitely a bummer. It's like a super sad kind of, the lyrics are just like ridiculous. Like some of the lyrics that Biggs wrote, I like, when I was reading them, I was like, geez, I was like, this is dark. So, um, I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely like with autumn, you know, comes the kind of ideas of, you know, aging and and death and maybe regrets um and you know nostalgia and stuff like that all stuff that's like pretty you know heavy heavy topics so i mean i think in that sense maybe the autumn thing kind of took effect on on the way that he put the lyrics together just the fact that like autumn is naturally kind of a reflective season and sort of sad season because you know, everything's dying around you and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I would say that it, it has, it had that influence on right. the lyrics, definitely. Right. Okay. Well, uh, you guys, you know, you do a lot of experimenting, like we talked about, a lot of progression. Is there anything that you guys are throwing around or trying where you're like, ah, too soon, or, you know, this might be a little too much. Like we don't, you know, we don't want to go like full opeth yet and just abandon right. everything and turn that page like do you guys ever have that happen or or no well yeah yeah we did and then we put it on the record uh the song uh subtle change okay <laughs> I mean, right. that, uh, hey that's like my probably my favorite song on there really that's cool yeah actually it's funny because like i we literally wrote that song like a week before we started recording and it was kind of like a last minute hail mary like yo let's see how like 
ignorantly prog we can make this song and everyone's probably going to hate it and then we <laughs> did it and everyone that i've talked to so far is like that song is actually like one of my favorites on the record yeah um so like yeah i mean we you know that song is a good example because i mean there's like there's a hammond organ solo and like there's i don't even know what to describe that middle section as it's kind of like this carry on my wayward son from hell sort of <laughs> section yeah um and like yeah like that song was like an, an example of a song where we were like should we do this and then we did but um you know i think referring to opeth specifically um i think that we saw kind of like what happened with that band i mean i love those new records those new sure, opeth yeah. records i'm a huge fan of, of those new records but we saw how like they like so suddenly changed everything about not only their sound but their production and i think honestly i think it's the production that really took fans off guard with them cuz you they went from like watershed to heritage you know and watershed is like one of the one of my favorite metal productions of all time mm-hmm. and then they went to heritage so i think what we kind of learned from seeing that whole thing was that like it's okay to try like really weird and experimental things in your music as long as you sort of slowly ease your audience into it. And the way that we did that was by kind of keeping our production style the same as it was on the last record, you know, Mm. kind of that like heavy modern kind of sound, but we also brought in those like weird kind of strange things that might offend some people if they were, you know, delivered in a more lo-fi way, I guess is the best way of explaining it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a fan, too, of their newer stuff. But it's just one of those things where as, as, a, as a progressive band, it's like you can keep progressing and progressing and progressing. And then it comes a point where do you lose the fans? How do you keep them? It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's one of those things. Certain bands get it. Certain bands don't. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it was, you know, it, it sucks that that happened with them because, I mean, I saw them recently with Gojira and uh, Devin Townsend and. Gojira played before Opeth. Opeth was headlining, and there was like a huge walkout before oh, Opeth wow. set. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, where are you guys going? Were you serious?" <laughs> like, yeah. But like, I kind of get it though. I mean, I mean, I think really it was it was the the production that lost people on that record. It was just like the instant transition from Watershed, which is super heavy and polished sounding, to Heritage, which sounds like you know a Yes record yeah, from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, so we kind of just, not specifically Opeth, but like we kind of approached these the weird changes that we made with caution. Like we kind of planned it out the best way we could and, and kind of put all of the necessary airbags in that we could so that, um, you know, when people heard it, they weren't just like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I've heard generally positive things about that song in particular, which, which is a cool feeling because it's definitely the track we put on there and we were like, this is going to go over poorly. Um, right. That's cool though. Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely cool. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps it up. I know you guys, uh, have a tour coming up with dying fetus and the artist murder. So anybody can catch you guys on that. But, um, other than that, man, you know, good luck with the new album and everything. We, we really like it over here on the podcast. So, well, yeah, thanks for uh, having us on. Thanks for, the kind words and um and yeah i'm sure i'll be talking to you soon in the future 